Welcome to episode 20 of Racing with RK. This is Randy Kugler. Be sure to check out our website, racingwithrk.com, along with all of the podcasts. We also have a vintage photo gallery and some of the most historic karting videos you'll ever see. Tonight's guest is six-time WK National Points Champion, 19-time WK National Race winner, 29-time NASCAR Wheeland Modified winner, and two-time and reigning NASCAR Wheeland Modified Champion, Justin Bonsonor. Justin, welcome to the show. Dave, Randy, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's cool to catch up with you, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Oh, this is awesome, Justin. You're, uh, you're, you're, this is, you've been, you were one of my favorites way back in karting. Forget you're modified. Now it's even greater. I mean, what, what you've done in your career has been awesome, and I can't wait to dig into it. And let's start from the beginning, Justin. Share with us some of your first memories of karting with you and your family. Yeah, you know, it, it goes all the way back to the beginning. Uh, you know, I was born into a, a racing family. My dad and, and his two brothers uh, owned and operated, you know, Bonsignor Racing Engines and, and the Bonsignor Cart Shop uh, from the mid-80s up until I was born and um, traveled to a lot of races as a kid before I was old enough to, to start and watching, watching my dad and, and his brothers and, and all of our customers at the time race and um, finally was able to get my, my shot when I turned eight and um, you know, did a lot of travel with my cousin Kyle we, and, and his family, and we traveled all, all the WK races, the regionals, the nationals, just everywhere. And, um, you know, I, I got my start like everybody else at the local track and had a, you know, kind of earned my keep there. We had a couple tracks on the mound, um, a little bull ring oval that was really great. You could uh, really, you know, learn, learn the the different parts of oval track racing and the finesse and it was a bull ring at the same time. So it taught you to be aggressive and it was just a good place to cut your teeth. We could go there on Tuesday nights and practice. It was only 10 minutes from home. So my dad would just take me there and let me log laps every Tuesday. And then, you know, they'd race on Fridays. Um, we, they had uh, also Riverhead Raceway at the time, which is, you know, a short track for race cars, but a, is a super speedway for go-karts started racing there on an oval and then we had West Hampton, which was a, a big road course that was built out of a an old um, old stock car track out at the east end of Long Island, and uh, that was a great place to learn road racing. And that's what I did mostly for for the most early parts of my career. I did that for like two years, uh, and I remember my first national event was the Rockingham Thanksgiving weekend uh, race yeah. of 1997. Mm -hmm. uh, had no idea what I was getting myself into. My dad. And uh, our late friend, uh, Jim Blythe, who, who was basically my crew chief in karting, he, he unfortunately just passed away just recently. So um, it's cool to talk about and bring stories up about him because we just, you know, we're with his family not too long ago. But we went to Rockingham and uh, I was racing against guys like Tommy Van Cleef. He stuck out. I think he won. Um, but I think back then it wasn't just junior one and then junior two. I think there was like an eight to 12 um, age group. I remember racing against some kids that are a little bit older than me. Yeah. We were running good. Um, and I do remember I got wrecked. You know, that was like a quick uh, left, right, left in turn one, two, three, yes. I guess. And you had that yes. short shoot before you got on the back stretch. And I got wrecked in the first right-hander, spun off the track, and learned that day right from my dad and Jim that you don't cry when you when you get crashed. That's or, right. Or, or That's have right. a good day. <laughs> um, I had to be, I guess, nine years old. And uh, I had a great time. It was, you know, the beginning of – of uh, getting into all the uh, the national events because we started up the year after that uh, in 98 and we did a lot of karting um, regionally, nationally on the Gold Cup and getting my feet mm -hmm. wet. And 
you know, from there, it just started snowballing. We ran it all the way until we, you know, until I stopped racing go-karts in, in 04, 05. Right. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of memories. Um, you know, one that really sticks out to me, which is a funny story because we ended up being best friends, uh, Justin Larson and his family and myself and our family. Um, but we went to Jacksonville for the Christmas week. Uh, I think we ran man cup and then the gold cup came in a couple of days later. I don't, you know, something to that effect. Yeah. And, um, we were there for the week and I remember we were racing. I, I think, I don't know what class it might've been the same thing where it was eight to 12 and I was racing against Ashley, Justin's older yes. sister. Uh-huh. And, uh, we were doing pretty good. I don't remember where we were, but we went off down the back, the end of the, the, the long straightaway there into the, the banked 90 degree turn. And we, we wrecked, I don't know whose fault it was. You know, I remember my parents saying it was her, her fault. Her <laughs> yep. parents saying it was my fault. And yep. my dad and Larry were arguing and, and fighting at the scales, which was, yeah. you know, kind of funny in itself. Um, so we didn't start off on the best of, uh, best of terms. And that had to be 98, I think. And then, 99 we go to east lansing for the gold cup and the first day of the saturday race it had to be junior one purple plate uh justin and i get uh and another guy getting a last lap crash and i think i ended up driving up over justin's shoulder oh, oh. and i yeah i flipped and he got hurt a little bit so we both ended up in the ambulance together and we you know i was only nine or ten but i knew we you know, didn't really get along with his family. Yeah. So uh, we had to take the ambulance ride to the hospital. Um, my, me and my dad and Justin and his mom, Pam, and that was awkward, but funny at the same time. Uh, and we then went on to become best friends. Like from That's that day, awesome. we, uh, we, we got along great. He used to come to my house during the summer. I'd go there during the winter down to wow. Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a lot of good times together for many years. That's awesome. Um, kind of lost touch over you know as 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 you grow up unfortunately but every now and then we do check in with each other so he's got a he's got a little girl now and everybody's doing well so um those are some of the better national memories um a lot of a lot of good times with those guys looping back to uh to your early days like at west hampton and riverhead do you remember the first race you won uh i don't really i had to be probably at our local track medford um okay i don't really remember it i do have a trophy one of my crew guys now uh jonathan he used to work for my dad and my uncles as a kid growing up he's he's about 10 years older than me a few years ago he he for some reason had a trophy from i think it was medford speedway which was the little bull ring uh from 1996 and he thinks it was my first ever trophy i don't even know if it was first or second place but i actually i I leave it out it's right next to one of my wheeling championship uh championship trophies this is the first one that i that i remember having well i want to i want to share with the listeners something very unique about about justin and uh and not too many other drivers had the ability to do this paulie haraka was one but there wasn't too many you were successful not just on ovals, but on road courses. And, and that has to have translated to greater success as you moved up the ladder. But when you went to a gold cup race, no matter what the track was, you were one of the drivers people were looking at to, as, a, as a measurement of how good they were. Same with Speedway Pavement. If you were at the Speedway Pavement event, you were gonna be near the front. Explain that a little bit because it's, it's two totally different elements of racing, turn and left, circle track, versus who knows what a thousand foot straight away at Jacksonville tight corners at Rockingham how, how do you feel you adapted I know you mentioned in 
in your early career, you started out and that probably helped. You started out not only at the Bull Ring and at Riverhead, but also at West Hampton. So explain that a little bit and how you were able to kind of transition from one to the other and be successful. Yeah, I definitely think growing up on Long Island, we had both. So to be able to go and race every week on both types of tracks, road course and oval, big track and small track was de definitely very helpful. And I, I learned how to be, um, you know, aggressive on the bull rings. I learned how to be, you know, real smooth and have finesse when we would go to Riverhead. Cause like I said, that was like, that's like going to Daytona for a go-kart. Uh, right. It's all about drafting right. and, and mm -hmm. pack racing. So I learned that, that aspect. And then West Hampton was a very technical road course and, and it was, it was bumpy and it had a lot of character. So you had to learn to be smooth and, and have a lot of finesse on the road courses, especially in gold cup, because, you know, with the four cycles, they didn't, they didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, get up and go. You had to keep your momentum up, whether it was on an oval or a road course, you didn't want right. to bind the card up. You didn't want to, you know, be too, you know, too like hacksaw on the steering wheel. You had to be smooth and have a lot of finesse and, um, it just carried over and, you know, we obviously had great people helping us to that, that, you know, even to this day, that's the biggest thing I feel is the people helping you get the go-karts oh, set absolutely. up and, and, absolutely. and having the right setups and the right engines. And, and my dad and, and Jim and, and everybody, my uncles that helped us, they, they put a lot of time and effort into making sure we were going to be successful when we would travel to these races. You know, you mentioned something about four cycle racing and Years ago, I used to say this about Ryan Hunteray because he was so successful in karting in the Gold Cup, and he transitioned to two-cycle racing before he went on, obviously, to great success in Indy cars. But he transitioned to two-cycle racing automatically, and I would say to people, it's because he learned how to drive consistently because with a four-cycle, it doesn't have the power to forgive you if you miss a corner. And I think a lot can be said the same for you is you learn that if you miss a corner, whether it's an oval track and you miss your entry or coming off, you don't let it ride out wide enough, you lose your RPM or a road course if you miss a corner, you may spend the rest of the race just trying to make up what you lost in one mistake. 100%. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And that was, you know, something that my dad and, and everybody just drilled into me was being smooth and, and not binding the thing, bind, binding the card up. Because like you said, it could take you multiple laps and you know, especially in the Gold Cup races, they weren't long races from what I remember. So you didn't have a lot of no. time to make any mistakes. You you had to be up on the wheel and it was a sprint race, obviously, at all times. So yeah, um, it was uh, it was a good balance of everything, I felt, when, when you had that type of format. Yeah, I would agree. Name a couple of your toughest competitors. Let's start with Speedway Pavement first. If I said who were, and you, you don't have to limit it to two, but who were two of the toughest competitors you ever had to go up against? You mentioned Tommy Van Cleef, who, by the way, uh, tagged on to the Facebook post. He was real excited about you being on the show. So I'm glad you called out Tommy because I know he has a lot of great memories racing with you. Uh, I think that was more in the gold cup, but how about Speedway Pavement? A couple of your toughest competitors. Yeah, Speedway Pavement, I really only got into towards the end. We It turned out I only went to a pavement national race because they went to Beaver Run. And yep. um, my uncles and everybody that was in our little, uh, little um, organization with the go-kart, with the business, said, you got to go to Beaver Run. You're a road course guy. You might be able to win against uh, win against the scene. You know, I just moved into seniors at the time. Right. I was running stock light and stock medium. So, you know, those times, it was like, oh, three, oh, four. It was the Baker brothers, um, mm -hmm. Jason yep. Petty. Those yep. guys, Kerry Parnell, if you ran medium and heavy, those yep. three guys were the guys. And I remember growing up watching them. You know, we used to read all the magazines every month and I didn't get to go to a lot of the pavement races. Um, I did go with my, with my cousin to help every now and then, but just watching those guys, right. man, they are, 
they are good. They are so yeah. good. And they, they won so many big races, the Briggs 300, all that. It was just, those were the guys you had to beat. Yeah. Um, just unbelievable talents. So not too many people had the opportunity to race or watch a race at Beaver Run. But I always hmm. looked at that oval as Pocono. Correct. Right? Because you had yeah. that crazy corner in the back. And then the other, the ends weren't exactly the same either, but that was a tough track. And I could see why they think you would do well there because it wasn't really an oval. Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely just like Pocono. Um, you know, I did do very well there for my first time. And I mean, there was like 45 carts there. Um, it was, it was definitely intimidating to go and run stock light and stock medium against those guys back then. Um, but we did finish in the top five, I think in, in both events, uh, you know, turn one was a, a fast you know long straightaway lead into a fast uh 90 degree uphill turn two you know you were carrying a lot of speed and then coming back down that hill to that hairpin and turn three my gold cup days and 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 all the years of road racing helped me be able to attack and not over break or miss the right. corner and just be consistent right. there um that was that was what started us going pavement racing then because we did well and i don't i think i missed the first race that year and we use that as our drop. And we ended up going to the rest of the races that year yeah. uh, just because we were doing pretty good. And, and to run top five or even top 10 those in those days against those guys, um, you know, like I said, the Bakers, uh, Petty, yeah. um, Kenneth Jones, um, Dana Messier, so many guys oh, yeah. that, uh, that don't race anymore, but were unbelievable talents yeah, when we were kids. Were. So funny you mentioned that about the breaks at Beaver Run. Uh, I, I, I won't name names, but one of the top, one of the top junior speedway pavement drivers comes to Beaver Run for the first time, and he's only ran the you know the fifth miles, and and you know those were brakes weren't that you know that important. Is that fair to say on most yeah. ovals? Yeah. So he gets he gets to Beaver Run, he gets through the first corner okay, he climbs the hill in the back okay. He can't make the final corner. He keeps running off the track. And this is a multinational winner. So he comes in and they're talking to him. They're like, what are you doing? He said, I just, I can't get that corner. And they said, well, where are you breaking? He was, he said, breaking. But he, <laughs> he, he wasn't, his mind said, you don't break. Yeah. So they, they had to teach him that there are situations where you got to at least feather the brake a little bit to secure yeah. the car going through the corner. <laughs> that was, that was a, that was a tricky oval for sure. That well, was. How, how about your favorite track? Let's say Gold Cup. What what was your favorite track for Gold Cup or or tracks? I, I'm sure there'll be more than one. Oh yeah, there was there was a lot that we would go to. Uh, I loved Charlotte. I didn't always run that great there, but that was you know as a kid that was the pinnacle for us. You know we sure. were going there on Thanksgiving weekend. You're going to a Cup track, um, yeah. and it was just the racetrack itself was so much fun. Uh, you know it was it was so challenging. Um, I love Jacksonville, although we didn't go there that often. Um, and East Lansing, just cause I got my first win there. And I think I went on to win there, like almost every year we went there, I think <laughs> we won there. So it was just, uh, pretty special. Cause actually going back to my, my first, um, when we went to the hospital, that was on a Saturday that year. And I came back and won the next day. And that was my first national win, um, was at East Lansing in, in wow. junior one. And I remember I was on crutches because I sprained my ankle and they, my uh, Jim Blythe would not allow me to go to the grid 
with the crutches. He's like, you have to, if you're going to race today, you can't, you can't have the crutches. Yeah. They're not going to let you race if you're walking around on the crutches. That's so right. That's right. <laughs> we didn't tell my mom about, I don't think any of that until I got back to Long Island uh, yeah. that, I, that I had any, any crutches. So I, I'm um, sure that went yeah, well. Yeah. That was, that was a great track. So, I mean, a lot of the travel stunk. I didn't really like going, sitting in the back of the truck for 12, 16 hours, but those tracks, <laughs> right. they were so much fun to race on. Yeah. A couple of your toughest competitors in Gold Cup. Uh, definitely Justin Larson. Um, you know, we raced against each other every year that, uh, that I raced on nationals, uh, until we both went on to stock cars. So, uh, he was by far the toughest. So I think if he won the light championship, I'd win the heavy and vice versa for a few years in a row. Um, he was, he was hands down our, you know, my best friend, but my biggest rival, you didn't want to, you know, you like to see him win, but you don't want to see him win at the same time. Right, right. Um, but there was so many good guys. Uh, Austin Hopper, he's another one that comes to mind. Um, drawing a blank. There was just uh, on a few others, but there was a lot of guys. Um, AJ Lane, there, there was a handful of guys that were just uh, all in the same age group, and we would just uh, race each other's guts out. And, and the competition, there was rarely was there – somebody checking out on the field the gold cup was so competitive that usually you had four or five guys fighting for the lead and a lot of times in the in the tracks that had longer straightaways a lot of a lot of lead swap on under drafting like at jacksonville or camden you know camden had that long straightaway you, you raced at camden i'm sure yeah very successful camden i love yeah. that place with the silos and everything yeah jacksonville yeah. uh yeah with the draft at jacksonville you never you could never get away from anybody i actually remember we were racing there uh, and Steven Brooks, um, he was another tough competitor. Uh, he's, he's doing some dirt racing. I see out in the Midwest, uh, still. Um, but he, it was, it was a rain race and, uh, he had never won before. And we were third and fourth coming down the back straight away. And it was just about drying up a little bit. And I don't know why, but the leaders blocked completely to the inside grass. And we ended up passing them both on the outside before we got to the, to the hairpin at the end of the straightaway. Uh -huh. and he went on to win his first national. I remember his dad was like, going crazy with my dad crying and just so excited. Yeah. And um, there, you, know, you just never knew until the last lap or two, there was hardly ever a guy that just checked out yeah. and, and just dominated. It was usually exactly. a, no. a heck of a battle. You're, you're exactly right. Well, I, I, I can't continue the show without telling you that I had two of your biggest fans on last year, Sandy Gregory and Tony Cirillo. <laughs> you know that I, I finally learned what your podcast was. And I list that was the first podcast I listened to yeah. was those guys. That was, uh, that was something, I mean, there were so many stories that I didn't know about that they yeah. told. I was, I loved it. I was, I was just sitting there eating dinner and just taking it in. It was great. Uh, and and it, you know, we're all, let's say we're not on our final lap, but we've seen the halfway sign. Okay. <laughs> so for us to look back on carding back in the day, I mean, it got emotional for all of us because we were bringing back some great memories. But I was just talking to Sandy the other day and talking about having you on the show. She was so excited about that. I know Tony thinks the world of you, him and him and the Cirillo gang. I mean, they're, they're yeah. some of your biggest fans, too, man. I remember, for sure. I remember uh, a lot of times Chris would hang out with you at the, at the Gold Cup uh, when you were racing, too. So, uh, yeah, he, he's uh, he's got a pretty good thing going right now with the with the Cup Card series. Yeah, he's it's unbelievable. You know, like you said, they, you know, Tony would be announcing at every race and and all the kids, especially Christopher, would always come to every race. And he would just be sitting at our trailer all weekend because we're we all grew up on Long Island. So we knew each other, good friends. 
And he would just sit there and eat our snacks all weekend long. <laughs> and uh, my cousin Kyle and I talk about it all the time. We see, you know, like, wow, look at what Christopher ended up becoming. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's really great. He does a lot of uh, work in the, in the oh. industry now. So it's a shame that he didn't do it as a kid. You know, when we were all kids, it would have been a lot of fun, but he, um, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's so, uh, he's just so smart, so intelligent with that stuff. Yeah. Just the, the technical and, aspect of it, it's amazing. And the best part is his New York persona and everything. It just, He's got well, the whole thing. It's it's. I never it's, noticed. It's, I never noticed that. <laughs> he cracks me up with his videos. I love every bit of it. Yeah, I I got to visit with him. I hadn't seen him in a long time. I got to visit with him at the Newcastle race last year, and and it was really great to see him. And I think I'm going to see him this weekend. You know, we're having a speedway payment race. Uh, WK is bringing back the um, quarter mile where the 300 used to run. They're going to have an yeah. event there this this Saturday, and then the Cup carts are running on the sprint track at the same time. Yeah, my uh, a friend of mine who I've, I've um, stayed racing go karts with, and he actually helped me with my indoor program with my tires and stuff. Kevin Nobly, uh, he he tried getting me to to get back in shape when they announced that race last fall, but it's been a long time since I've been in a go kart. And I yeah. said if it was going to be a three hundred, I would commit myself to trying it and and proceed to do it. But uh, I was I was really hoping to be able to get down there this weekend and watch that race, but it's just uh, not going to work out with our schedules yeah. to get down there. I'm, I'm hoping that we can catch some video and some highlights because that hopefully is a great event. That's I, hopefully that's yeah. the start of something you know that could come back. Exactly. That's uh, that's kind of what I said. Is that hopefully this is it. You know, there's only one chance of the first impression. I hope I hope that everybody leaves there going, man, that was that was fun. Because uh, there's what I understand. There's a lot of guys from the Northeast coming down to race with the guys in the South. And that's one of the things that always made uh, the Speedway Payment Series so much fun is like the races at Chapel Hill. It was the Northeast. That was like one of their home tracks in Poughkeepsie. And all the Southern guys would come up and they would duke it out. And it was just some great racing. So hopefully yeah, we, that, can, we can get that going again. That really was North versus South back then. That was, oh, that was. was a lot of fun. I'm hoping that it's a good event. I wish I could come watch and hopefully, uh, hopefully it's, it's good for everybody and good for the industry. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. Well, just before we move on to the bigger cars, if you could just think about your your biggest accomplishment in karting. I know you've got some national championships, but maybe that one day when, you know, you didn't think it was going to happen and you made a move or you just, you know, you, you overcame a lot of adversity and you pulled out the win. One, one, or, one or two stories you can remember where it was like, man, I can't believe we pulled out the win today. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, what was probably one of those was, uh, my first national championship would been 99 on the gold cup. And, uh, it was one of those races where I think, you know, it came down to drop races and regional transfers yes. and all the, all the craziness that was involved. And we were trying to do the math ahead of time. And I was, you know, nine, 10 years old. And, um, probably just psyched myself up too much. And I've done that. <laughs> yeah. I've done that just recently in the modified. So uh, it's easy to do, you know, just trying to do math in your head. And uh, I remember um, turn one, you know, like turn one or two, whatever you want to call it at Charlotte, the double, like the double left. Yeah, right. Before you double, head back. Double yeah. 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 The double 90. Well, I drove, I shortcutted the second from the second left through to the past the right to the third left. Oh no. Shortcutted all of it through the mud. And uh, I thought I threw away the championship right down there. And I, I was way back in the pack and had to just drive my guts out the whole way and, and just finally got to the point where we knew we would win it on that. 
And wow. I do remember Sandy was doing the math afterwards just to confirm it because you never really knew back then. It's not like we had the technology we have now. You're doing it right. by hand most of the time. So I remember Sandy being the one that confirmed it um, and, and we, we clinched our first championship. Um, that's one that still sticks out today. There was a lot of races, though, where, you know, you just uh, five to go. You're like, man, am I going to be able to pull this off? But, um, you know, a lot of a lot of good times. And um, we, you know, we talked about it the other day. Uh, you asked if I had ever won the Triple Crown. And I told you I was one DQ away from winning that. Yes. yes. Um, that, that's so that's kind of yeah. I got to tell that story because that's it's, it's, it's awesome. But it sucks at the same time. Far away. So we that was 2004. Uh, that's when you got WK was doing the, um, the, the bonus money for the animal series, uh, animal division. You want a thousand dollars if you want animal in pavement and in gold cup. So okay. we had decided we were only going to run pavement that year. And I ran stock light, stock medium and animal heavy because it paid the money. So we went on, we were really good in animal on the pavement sides, won, won some races, was going to win that championship. Uh, we go to the second gold cup race. My dad was going just to sell parts. I wasn't even supposed to race. And the Larson's had an extra go-kart. Ashley had two. And they go, why don't you race animal light and animal, you know, go from there and see how it goes. So we go to Camden. Uh, we're really fast. We're like winning, you know, fastest in every practice. We, we cough on a pole. We win the heats, all that. Um, turns out, um, it was a restricted plate motor, restricted plate motor. We were, we were running that we borrowed from Justin Larson that he was running in, you know, juniors. My dad took the plate out and left the gaskets on both sides of the intake. Didn't know, didn't know there was a rule. We just started getting into oh, the animals. Oh no. Well, somebody, I don't remember the, I don't remember their names. Um, actually I do. It was, it was Bondati, little Bondati who I've become great friends with, with old man Bondati. He's the best. He's a funny guy. Uh, little Bondati, the son was helping the guy that was running second all weekend and they went to Bobby Getty's and they ratted us out. So now we win the feature, <laughs> get to tech and they bounce us, uh, because of the gaskets. I, oh. I never saw Andy Van Cleef. I never saw Andy Van Cleef be so mad in his life. Cause it was, it was a mistake that, you know, really didn't help performance wise. Right. But, right. uh, you know, rules are rules. So we got tossed. So we were, we were going to leave and go home or whatever. We were so upset. We came back. We won the next day. Uh, so obviously that was the second race. My first race was a drop race. We went on and won the next. We won the next both days at the next event, and I won both days at the Grand Nationals. Uh, basically to end my karting career. That was it. So wow. I won the heavy championship in Gold Cup. I won it in uh, pavement, and I would have won it in uh, Gold Cup in the light division if I didn't get DQ'd and I missed oh. the triple crown because of that. Oh, so that's awful. Yeah, when you brought that up, that kind of hurt a little bit still. So yeah, I probably shouldn't have brought that up. No, it's it's a good story to tell. I like <laughs> no, it is a good story. Any, anytime I see Bondati, I like to pick on him a bit about it. There you it. go. That's right. <laughs> well, we we get out of karting and we transition to late models for a brief time, and then it's on to the modifieds. Tell us a little bit about that transition and how you adapted from karting into the big cars. Yeah, so um, you know, I was getting older, I was 16, 17. Um you know, I knew I wanted to, you know, keep going with racing and my dad knew that as well. So we, you know, the, before I got into any late models, I actually ran what they call an enduro uh, just to get some laps in a big car. A friend of ours, Danny Jones, who uh, his grandson, Elijah Rios, uh, ran a lot of pavement national stuff. He was a lot younger than us. And he kind of came like he came like under our wing and came racing with us. And Danny basically was like a second father to me. 
Um, and he, he helped a lot with our, our race car program. And we got some laps with that. Uh, for that winter, we, we purchased my, my, actually my uncle Bill, Kyle's father's, uh, had a limited late model, did that for a year. We, we finished third in the points to two of like the best guys that, you know, to this day race that division at Riverhead, uh, didn't win, but the division only paid $105 a night if you won. So my dad's like, well, this just doesn't make sense financially. Um, we uh, started looking for a modified. The best, the funniest part of the whole story is the week before the last race in my in the late model, uh, guy walks into our uh, the go kart shop to get his kids into racing. Uh, sees the race car in the back, whatever, wants to take a look. Comes around, he's, he falls in love. Uh, over that winter, he comes the next day to the race. We we get his name mentioned over the loudspeaker. Uh, he he loves it. Comes back, buys go karts keeps progressing he goes i want to i want to sponsor you what do you guys want to do blah blah helps us buy our first modified wow yeah just from out of the blue story gets better um he he went on to do um you know tons of racing he helped a lot of people in karting they they did, had like teams a lot of stuff back and forth um he was always really good to me a couple of years later go by he's still sponsoring us uh i say to mike i said hey you know he owns a, a business a fiber optic. Um, he, he was a fiber optic cable provider here on Long Island. I said, I need a job. I've now worked for Mike Power since 2008. Um, oh, my I'm the general manager, general manager oh. of his company. I'm just a oh. guy that just walked in off the blue uh, and and got into racing. A friend of one of my great friends, Sean Salmino, another pavement series uh, yeah. guy that won some championships. He, he works with us as well. So, um, wow. yeah, it's a, it's a crazy story. And um, you know, it, it really is uh, pretty amazing how, you know, how you, how you treat people the first time you meet them can go a long way. First impressions, Justin. Yeah, for you. sure. Never underestimate them. I, I know M3 was on your car a lot, right? Yes. Yep. And is that, is that who we're talking about? No, no, this is a totally different M3 technology is actually uh, my car owner, Kenneth Massa's company. Okay. All um, right. That's his 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 company they're they're in the uh, aerospace and and uh electrical you. industry so is that still your sponsor for the car m3 uh we actually have a sponsor now which uh kind of ironically is a fiber optic cable contractor based out of massachusetts uh phoenix okay. communications um okay. got, got hooked you. up with them through a friend of a friend so yeah we we do the same thing just in different parts of the country okay i got you okay all right so You've been racing the modified at the national level, at the NASCAR level, for how how many years? Uh, I got I first started on the tour in 2010 was my rookie year. I had run I had run a few races. Riverhead would always have one tour race every year. Um, we did that with our family car for a few years. Um, that's actually how I met uh, my car owner Ken um, in 2009. I was I actually had gone back to running the pavement series for. Uh, for Lewis Myers, because um, my the, the modified stuff was kind of drying up, we were running out of money and just didn't want to run ourselves broke. And um, had a sponsor that put up some money to run the tour race that night, and we finished fourth. And lo and behold, uh, Ken Massa was in the grandstands that night and um, got hooked up with him. Had a couple meetings and been with him ever since since uh, wow. the summer of uh, 2009. Yeah, awesome. yeah, unbelievable wow. uh, journey we've had together. That is awesome. So. You are now two-time, right? NASCAR Wheel and Modified champ. 
I mean, what, what kind of a feeling is that? I mean, you're, you're racing literally the best modified drivers in the world. And, and not only are you one of the best, you've been on top twice now. Yeah, it's, um, it's been a long, long journey. Um, you know, it feels, feels a lot longer than it's been, but we've had a lot of fun and, um, you know, we, we had a lot of struggles. We, you know, we started off well, we had a lot of speed in the early years, but just never had the luck where the right pieces in place, whether it be team members, crew chiefs, chassis, we just never could put the whole, whole deal together. And, um, you know, 2016, we got really close, missed the championship, uh, by less than 10 points. Um, and our crew chief up and retired, starting a family and, and couldn't do it. Um, get into 2017, uh, car chief takes over for the crew chief and it just just didn't work out we we went from winning races to struggling and um still almost had a shot at the championship that year but it was a really humbling feeling you know you just you go from winning four out of the last eight i think that year in, in yeah. 16 to, to to just struggling to get to the top five by the end of the race and right uh at the end of that year we we um my owner ken and i we we almost talked about just packing it in if if we couldn't you know, do it together and do it the right way. And, uh, fortunately, uh, made a million phone calls that winter and, and landed on Ryan stone. Who's my crew chief. Now he, um, he had been in modified racing forever, just never given per se the right opportunity to have his own team. And at the time was working for uh, Dale Jr's the, uh, Xfinity team. Wow. And we lured him back and he, and he moved back home. He was, he's from Connecticut. And uh, since the start of 2018, it's just been, it's been surreal. You really can't even, you know, you, you in your head can say, yeah, we're going to, we can go out and do this. We, you know, we have everything in place to go out and win, you know, that year we won eight out of 16 and the championship. And, wow. um, you know, you, you, you think, you know, you hope and pray that you can go out and do that, but it's never something you're like, yeah, I'm going to definitely do that. So it's um, it's surreal to really, you know, be on the run that we're on. We, we, we really could be having three in a row right now. We, we kind of, had some driver error at one of the races in 2019 that cost us, but, uh, you know, again, that just, we learned from it and it humbles you right. back down to where you should be. That's and right. we just got yeah. refocused and went back out in 2020 and, and finished in the top five every week. So, um, it, it's a, it's an amazing feeling. We raced against some of the best guys, uh, oh, yeah. still, you know, a long time carding. I don't yes. know how many times national champion, but yep. he's one of our biggest rivals. Um, yeah. You know, he is the one of the guys to beat on a, on a weekly basis. Roa Panic, another guy that raced um, uh-huh. uh, Gold Cup. He just retired recently. But there is uh, there's a lot of carding guys, uh, even local and regional carding guys that are, that are that are moved into the modifieds now, and yep. um, it's unbelievable. And then you got guys like Doug Kobe, uh, who grew up quarter midget racing, and he, it's just there's so many guys in this series and in this, this, uh, part of the country, you know, it's not just the modified tour. There's so many other division, uh, modified divisions and series that are just so competitive and the fans up here, unbelievable. The, the whole thing is just, uh, it's a pretty cool thing to be a part of. Oh, no doubt. And, and look what Ryan priest is doing down south. Yeah. How do I forget about Ryan priest? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that, that's a whole nother story. And as a whole community, you know, he was, he was frustrating the race with the times because of how good he was. But once he, it didn't matter if you were a fan of his or not, when he got that opportunity to go down South the first time, and then he got the Gibbs deal and then he gets the cup deal. It's like, we're, we are all so proud of him. Oh yeah. Um, me and him talk, uh, me and him and Doug Kobe have a little group chat that we, we rip on each other quite often, but we're, we still at the end of the day, we're so, so happy and, and proud of what he's doing. And we love when he comes back to race with us and, and, 
and we try and beat them as much as we can. Sure. And I'm sure the opportunity's presented itself, but maybe not the right opportunity, but are we ever going to see Justin Bonsonor uh, racing anything above uh, modifieds? No, no. I mean, I, well, I hate to say no, but I, I don't see it. I've, I'm at, I'm at a point now I'm 33. So to, yeah. to really go much further, you know, is probably slim based off of my age and, and the yeah. fact that how much money that is involved to, yeah. uh, to go do some of those, the trucks or the Xfinity, you know, what we, what our sponsorship is for a year is like one Xfinity race if we're lucky. Yeah, I um, so, you know, Teddy Christopher and Mike Stefanik, two modified legends uh, that are well known in the whole yep. country. Uh, they always said there's nothing wrong with being a modified guy. And I'm at exactly. that point. I, I love the wheel modified tour. Like I said, I love the fans, whether they cheer or boo, just the whole atmosphere of our series and our area of the country is great. And uh, in 20, 30 years, hopefully I'm still racing, you know, well into my fifties uh, and, and can hopefully be as successful as those guys are. And uh, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with being uh, a, a modified lifer. I, I want to tell you something. If you're in the Northeast and I know this because I've talked to people and I've been there. If you're in the Northeast and you're talking motorsports and you talk NASCAR and you talk modified, you talk cup, they're going to know more modified drivers than they are cup drivers. And, and I guarantee you, they're probably going to know a Justin Bonson or before they know a, a William Byron. And he just won uh, this past weekend. Uh, that's just the passion up there. It's unbelievable. Oh, they are passionate. And sometimes yeah. it's great when they're on your side. Sometimes it's not so great, especially in the day and age of Facebook, but, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, they are, they are great. Um, you know, the stands are packed. We race on Wednesday nights sometimes in Connecticut at Thompson and, and the stands are jam packed six, 7,000 people. So, yeah. um, it, it's a, it's a culture up here and I'm just proud to be a part of it. Absolutely. And, and so next question is, are you, are we ever going to see you at Bowman Gray? You know, I would love to. Um, it's just, I actually had um, talked to some guys. We had bought a hauler from a team down in South uh, North Carolina last year and uh, got to know them. And, and we were, we were trying to piece something together and then COVID hit. So yeah. um, I would like to reach out to them. I don't know if they have anything still available, but it's on the bucket list for sure. Before yeah. I quit racing, I will try it. Um, uh, would I don't know if I'll enjoy it after I'm done, but it's something I want to check off the list and, and well, try and go toe to toe with Burt Myers and, and, yeah. and Tim Brown. Have, have you, have you been down there to watch the races at Bowman Gray? I have one time. Um, yeah. It was back in my rookie year. We were at Martinsville and, and we've shot over there afterwards to go yeah. watch and, um, that. Now that's an atmosphere. Dude. We were, we were sitting in the beer garden and having a yeah. great time and just, the people are leaning over the fence, cheering, giving the oh. finger, you know, waving their arms. They're, they are wild there. And it's, and it's, it is it's unbelievable to watch. It's kids. It's teenagers. It's young adults. It's yeah. 60 year olds. It's 80 year olds. And they're just passionate and they've got their drivers. It's, it's amazing. But I think to a large degree, that's what you see up your way too. I, my, my wife had an assignment up in, um, oh gosh, it was up in Connecticut, uh, up towards the Massachusetts line. She was mm -hmm. working there for about a month. So I went up to visit her and I drove up to Springfield to the NBA Hall of Fame and coming back, I saw the sign for Stafford Springs. I yep. said, hey, I, I got to get over there. So and it was like, I don't know, January or something, but the weather was OK. There was no snow on the ground. So I drove over to Stafford Springs and boy, talking about being out in the country. My God. Yes. Yeah. But I, I got there and um, I can't remember his first name, but Jack Root's brother. Uh, uh, Mark Root. Mark Root was there with his wife 
And yep. I went in, introduced myself, told them about you and some of the other drivers. I, I couldn't get out of there. They were so nice. And oh, yeah. uh, they said, you want to drive around the track? I said, heck yeah. So I got out there in my <laughs> rental and drove around, but I'd love to get up there and see you guys race sometime. I think uh, that to me, that's, you know, not, not to knock NASCAR because NASCAR has been so glorified and it's grown to the, for the masses, although they're struggling with that right now. But if you want, if you want to see some real race and an open wheel modified race is going to get it done for you. I mean, you guys, yeah. you guys put on such a show. Without a doubt. And that's, that's what it is. It's like still true racing, you know, and I'm yeah. not knocking the cup series or any of those divisions at all, because that's, it's great. And it, it's just a different, it's a different thing. That's a business. That's a, that's yeah. a huge entity. This is just, you know, we have one full-time employee. That's my crew chief. The rest of my guys are all volunteer who take time away from their wives, kids, families. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they take their vacation days to go racing. So we are to the core, hardcore short track racers that just want to go out and race each other's guts out and modified yeah, racing on top of it. We have nerf bars, we have bumpers and we use them. It is, it is aggressive, <laughs> yep. but it is good. And you know what me, me, Doug and Kobe and Ryan Priest are, and Ronnie Silk, we're all, we're all want to beat each other just as bad as the other, but you know what? We get out and we have a good time 90% of the time yeah. uh, with each other, except for the one time with Ron where we didn't talk for a while. But, um, <laughs> But uh, other than that, I mean, we'll race each other's guts out. We'll, you know, we'll be rough with each other. But, you know, we're all friends and we, we understand that it's not our livelihoods after that at the end of the yeah, day. Exactly. You keep it in perspective, Justin. And that's you're a fine young man and and, uh, and your family. I know I, I always your family was always so good to me when I was president of WK. But one of my fondest memories and I, I go back to Chapel Hill and I did it at a lot of the tracks but I'd always find your dad at Chapel Hill and I'd walk by to say hello. And he said, come over and sit down, Randy. And, you know, I'm not always the most popular guy, right? And I'd go <laughs> over there and your dad would sit and talk to me for all day long if I let him, you know? Yeah. And well, he, could talk so, to, he could talk somebody's ear off. That's for sure. But well, he can, but, but it was just, it meant the world to me, you know? And yeah. uh, just, you guys got a good family. And you talked about, um, is it your cousin, Kyle, right? Correct. Yeah, Kyle. And and, yeah. and Kyle, you race cards together with Kyle, but now Kyle's racing modifieds with you. Yeah, we race on the tour together. It's um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We're not, we haven't really raced each other. Say heads up. Actually, we did a little bit last year. Um, finally, for the first time, like his team's building, and and he he won a race a couple of years ago. Um, we actually he won, and I clinched the championship on the same day. So that oh, was wow. that was awesome. Yeah. Um, he knocked me out of the way to do it, but we, that's a different story. <laughs> um but yeah kyle and his his dad bill they've been building a great family team uh and they're getting better by the week so i'm, I'm or by the race so I'm, I'm excited for them for this year hopefully they take another stride forward they they ran in the top five almost consistently last year we just haven't really had that day where we're going to battle each other for the win so if it gets to that point that's going to be fun and, and exciting as yeah well. definitely i i gotta i gotta check the wheel of modified schedule i'd love to get out to see one of your races yeah, that would be awesome. We would love to see you. Oh, I, I, I'm sure you don't remember, but I was at Bristol a couple of years ago and I went in the hauler and you were focused and I went in and just <laughs> said hello to you, but you probably don't remember. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that was the one where you were, I think you were running second, passing for the lead and you got together with the leader and you, you did a right, a right 90 into the wall. Oh yeah. 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 Sort of, if you came, of, if, if you came by afterwards, I probably don't remember. <laughs> you know, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, you tore it up bad. You were running strong, but that's, that's yeah. part of it. But yeah, yeah. Well, Justin, this is, this has been great. I, I always finish up 
our podcast with this question, and we're going to loop back to carding. But the question is simply this. What has carding meant to you over the years, and what does it mean to you today? Oh, it means everything. It, it, it taught me what family was. You know, you know I've, I've grown up in a great family. My mom, my dad, and my brother, you know, we, we mean the world to each other. But the carding family and all the friends, and, and they're not friends. They're, they're family. The, everybody you met that you became close with, uh, the Larsons, and, and so many of the other families on all the other series, uh, the Nocellas, the States, the people that we would travel to and from every race with, they became family. And it just it showed you how to be a part of something, a part of a team and, and, a, and, and, you know, look into other people's lives and just, you know, just expand your everything. You know, we, we did everything together with my family traveling to these races, you know, it keeps, you know, people say all the time, you know, all those times traveling keeps your kids out of trouble. You know, where they are, you yep. know, you're enjoying them, you're enjoying them and watching them grow up. And hopefully one day I can do that with, with, with kids when I have them. Um, Carding means everything to me. You know, I got out of it. Uh, I did some indoor racing uh, in the Northeast with the carts for a while. Um, years ago, uh, when Riverhead still had go-karts, I, I was the chief steward. I, I just, at our local club, I tried to just give back in any way I could. I would try to sponsor, yeah. sponsor some kids for the big money races with a couple tires and, and just, you know, try and give back to the community and, and see the community stay, stay going and be successful. Um, it, you know, it gets tough as you get older, but um, it, it's unfortunate because karting is, is dead here on the island. There's, there's no tracks at all for them yeah. to race at. Um, you know, they have some other divisions that they can, but to me, there's nothing like go-karts. And uh, it, the, from, the, from the family side that I just talked about to the, to the learning how to become a racer, you know, I, you, you learned so much in those days as a nine, eight, nine-year-old kid on, on you know, how to present yourself, how to become a better racer, just so many life lessons that you learn and you did that with your family. So I thought, you know, that's just the best part of all of it. I missed all those days. I, I, I hate the day and age we live in with the, with the phone and, and everything being so yep. easy, but I wish when I was a kid that the, you know, you could just go on YouTube right now and watch my gold cup race from 1999. Like, <laughs> that's right. I wish it was that easy. You know, I'm yeah. probably could dig into some, into some videos of my mom's, but uh, I, I miss those days. I miss traveling with my family. I miss going with all my friends and, and, and I miss go-kart racing a lot. It's, um, it, it taught me so much and it, it definitely shapes the person you are later in life. That's awesome. Well, well said, Justin, uh, anything, any closing comments before we, uh, wrap this up? Uh, no, this is, I've been looking forward to this, uh, you know, since, uh, you know, I, I've been listening to a couple of your past ones. I need to listen to Chuck Kafara's. He was yeah. a good friend as we grew up, but, um, you know, been listening to some of the podcasts when I get time. And, uh, when you messaged me to, to do this, I was like so excited right away. I've been looking forward to this now for a couple of weeks since we first spoke and, um, really appreciate everything you're doing to keep, keep people in touch. You know, like, uh, it's hard to say the old school guys, but it's cool to catch up with some of them and listen to stories of, of, uh, of the old school guys from when I was a kid and, and get their perspectives on things and, and, uh, really, really appreciate what you're doing here and, you know, hopefully we can get you to a modified race again pretty soon. I, I, uh, I got to start looking at your schedule and, uh, somehow I've got to incorporate it. I've got to somehow spin it that my wife thinks it's going to be a vacation. And oh, by the way, I got a buddy of mine racing. Maybe we could go to the races that night, right? Yeah, of course. You gotta, you gotta play both sides. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, listen, Justin, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm sure your, your mom and dad are proud of you, but you, you're turned into a fine young man. You're a hell of a shoe. 
Uh, I'm, I'm real proud of your what you do on track, but maybe as much, if not more, how you are off the track. Uh, you're you're a class act, and and you should be proud of that because you've come, you've really come a long way, and you're a great success. And to come out of WK makes me feel good. Uh, this no. uh, so this this wraps up another episode of Racing with RK. We want to thank our special guest Justin Bonsonor. Be sure to say a prayer for our law enforcement, firefighters, first responders, and hospital workers. This is Randy Kugler, and remember, racers don't last forever, but racing memories do.